Welcome to the Simple Walk Podcast. We're Craig and Diane Brown, and today we're going to be talking about the 23rd Psalm. This psalm is quite amazing how it starts with the simple and it goes all the way through to the fulfillment of our walk in Christ. It's a beautiful picture all the way through. Let's get started. So we're going to talk about Psalm 23. Yes. I'm just going to go through the whole thing. I can remember my experience when I was younger with this particular psalm was that I would hear it if I went to a funeral. And it is, it is very comforting. It and, is. And it's, it very, is it's been very meaningful for so many people for so many years. So do you want to just, let's take it verse by verse. Okay. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. And so Jesus is our shepherd. He's the great shepherd, uh, the Bible talks about. And, you know, if you wanted to see a couple verses, you can look up Hebrews 13, 20. That's just an awesome verse. But it it talks about Christ as being our shepherd. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he is our shepherd. He gives us food. His eternal food is awesome. And so I shall not want if we rest in him, that's what this is all, you'll see, this is all about that. Just letting the Lord be Lord, letting him be our God. And so he is our savior if we just rest in him. So verse two. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You know, I love that. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I love the picture of that. I know, huh? I don't know if you've ever done that. If you've ever like gone out into a meadow or a pasture and just lay down and look up, up at the sky, at the clouds. It's, it's kind of a cool, cool picture. It, it really is, <laughs> yeah. except for occasional bugs that crawl on you. Well, but yeah, other you than know, that, when I was young, I didn't think about the bugs. And now, did not I. so much. Yeah, you know, I put a Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, it is a beautiful picture of just being in the green pastures. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. There's the thing. I love the word makes me lie down in green pastures. Because, you know, the Lord, if we surrender, which our life before him is a life of surrender. And so we have to be willing to allow him to lead us. When he says, look, rest in me, he's saying, rest in me. You know, he wants And we're not talking about a nap. No, he's not talking, yeah. but what he is, is he's saying, just rest in me. Let mm-hmm. me be the Lord of your life. Trust me. He's exactly saying. right. Yeah. So he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green is symbolic of life, right? Because it's just growing. It's alive. It's there. And so we see that uh, he is the shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And it's in reference also to food because it is about the living Word of God that we are to eat. Because the sheep are eating the grass. Exactly right. So it's a beautiful picture. He leads me beside the still waters. So that's also really cool. If you can imagine in your mind, you know, just laying on the grass and you hear the still waters flowing by you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. There's a verse in um, Isaiah 30, 15. It says, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. And in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. There's something about just returning, just being in the Lord. It's talking about just being in the Lord. Return to Him. Be in Him right now. Rest in Him. And in quietness and confidence 
shall be your strength. Your confidence is not in you. It's not in any circumstances. It's not in anything else, but it's in him. If you can find that place of peace inside of him, then what you can do is you can rest in him and in fellowship with him and the fact that he is your God. He is your king. He's your glory. And that confidence will allow his presence to manifest itself in your life, through your world. If you live in that place of peace with him, even in the midst of all that you're going through in life, rest in the Lord and you will find that place of peace. Well, and later on in this, the psalm, it talks about that very thing. It does. So he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Exactly. He restores my soul. You know, as we eat, as we feast upon his word, you know, being transformed, the Bible talks about by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It has to do with this living a life that is just consumed with thinking about the love of Christ and letting his light shine through you. You know, Jesus lived here on this planet and he lived from the time he was born till the time he died. And then he rose from the grave because he lived sinless and he laid down his life for us. He paid a price so that because he conquered death, he rose from the grave. He's seated at the father right now. And so that made it a possibility for us to have connection to the father also through him. He became a life-giving spirit. So now you accept him into your heart. Through that door that he made available to us, through his death and resurrection, conquering death, he made a way for us to have a connection to God Almighty. Mm -hmm. And so because Mm -hmm. of that, he restores our soul. He feeds us with his living water. and He he, leads me in the paths of righteousness. And he will lead you in the paths of righteousness. His Mm -hmm. word, his truth will become alive inside of you and through you for his name's sake. You know, his name is on that. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is amazing. A name is a representative of who you are. Well, the name of Jesus is the king of glory on this planet. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In John 1, 1, it says, Mm -hmm. and 1, 1, and 2. So if we uh, allow this miraculous person, Jesus Christ, the king of glory, he's our king because of all that he's done for us. And so... He will lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, a lot of times, especially in this day and age, it seems that it's kind of. um, We're kind of walking through the valley of the shadow of death when you take into consideration all of the issues happening in our world. It's so true. Right now that are completely outside of God. It's so true. And it's unhinged. And so you 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 feel like, okay, just going out and doing things that you normally used to be able to do, there's a little bit of risk, it feels like. And mm-hmm. so, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, fear is an interesting thing because fear has to do with our mind and our imagination. Fear really is based on an imagination. Of something that has not might happened. Happen, huh? yeah, that has <laughs> yeah, not happened yet. That's very true. <laughs> and so it's not happened yet. You're yeah. you're projecting something about something that hasn't happened come to pass. So it's one thing to be cautious, but it's another thing to have fear about something that is before you that hasn't happened yet. That kind of fear that you were talking about is kind of a worry kind of fear. It is. I suppose there's a an actual fear, like if uh, you're in danger. 
Well, that's a, that's also a good fear. So, yeah, yeah, it can because <laughs> so, it causes a, a, re, a reaction that's going to save you. In the scriptures, a lot of mm-hmm. times there is a fear that is afraid, afraid kind of a fear, which is um, based on like your perspective and you're imagining mm-hmm. the future, and that's kind of a worry. Mm-hmm. But there's also a fear that is a reverence. It's called a reverence, and a lot of times you see in the scriptures you have this says, "Fear the Lord." Well, it's having a great reverence for Him. Fear Him also because uh, your soul could. If you don't line up with him and Jeopardy. his truth, yeah. Yes. So, but but you should have a great reverence for God and mm-hmm. awe. You'd be awestruck because of his magnificence. That is a great fear to have because it's actually a, a necessary thing that we need to have inside of our life. So that type of a fear is perfect. Could you read that? Let me see. Where are we? Where? In- Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You know, he is with us in all things. So your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And your rod is in reference to instruction. The Bible says that the word of God is useful for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, prepared for every good work. It says that in the New Testament, but it's talking about, it's what gives us the ability to have protection and instruction, and we were going to have comfort in the Lord, that He's protecting us and watching over us and caring for us. His Word is there as our security in the sense Mm -hmm. that He will give us all that we need. The staff is in reference to supporting us. Kind of like a walking stick would support someone. Yes. So it's in reference to that. So the Lord is going to support you. He's going to give you the strength you need to go through the circumstances you're going through. And he's also going to give you the instruction you need. He's going to give you the correction if necessary, if you get off course or whatever. He will guide you and he will direct your paths, the Bible is talking about here. So it's a really wonderful place as we come into him of just surrendering to his lordship and his being our shepherd you know, and we just kind of go with him and allow this process to happen, surrender to him and just rest in him. Oh, There's such a beautiful picture that he has for us here. They comfort me, the Bible says in, in verse four, that's your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's great comfort isn't, in that. Isn't that kind of like there's a lot of comfort even within boundaries mm-hmm. because you know what to expect and what's expected? It's really true. You know, yeah. actually it's really important that we have boundaries mm-hmm. because boundaries give us the liberty within those boundaries to, to live freely. And that's why it's so in raising children in our life, it's so important to establish boundaries so mm-hmm. that they have the liberty within those boundaries. They have great liberty. They learn then that once you step outside of the boundaries, there's consequences. That's what this is all about. And the Lord has these boundaries for us, and it's just we have great liberty within those boundaries. We're his children. We need boundaries. Yes, exactly. And we don't know how to do something unless we do it by his Holy Spirit, and he teaches us. It's right. a constant process of teaching and showing us, and, and we're always saying, Lord, you know, cleanse me, let your wisdom flow through me. It's a day-by-day process. So verse 5 You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. When David wrote this, he was very aware of the sacrificial lamb when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, you know, the last time, and they put the blood over the doorpost. And that's where the beginning of the table was set up there. They had 
uh, the Passover table. They had a Passover feast. So he prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies. The death angel was coming over their house and he passed over because of the blood that was over the doorpost. Mm -hmm. So Jesus became the sacrificial lamb and he was put over our lives so that the death angel has no power over us. But Jesus, they have given us a table in the presence of our enemies. The table is the communion table, in a sense, the the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his body, his shed blood. That is a really beautiful picture of the table that he has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. The body of Jesus Christ is the life that he lived from the time he was conceived to the time he was born. He went through life sinless. He lived a perfect life. He was the perfect lamb to be sacrificed in order to shed his blood. He never sinned. And so when he died, that's why God rose him from the dead, because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The reason why is Jesus never died. So when it says the wages of sin, that means the result of sin is death. Jesus didn't sin. So he did not deserve to die. And so when he allowed himself to be put on the cross. And when he died, he paid a price for us, but no other human being could ever pay the price for our sins. It was through Jesus Christ because he was a perfect lamb of God and he he laid down his life. And so through that, now when we take communion, we are in fellowship with that perfectness that he lived. And so now all we have to do is we live our life in him. So when you're taking communion, you're saying, Lord, please live through me like you live. Let me live a life that is in you where I keep my eyes on you. I won't stray from one side to the other. I'm going to walk my life set apart for your glory. And the blood that he shed, that is the blood that caused the enemy. When he shed his blood, that was murder. And he said, give me back the keys of death and of hell, and you have no authority anymore. The Bible says in Colossians, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And so Jesus became the king, the glorious one that now sits at the right hand of the Father. Through his shed blood, now we can have life eternal that comes into our heart and our life as we accept him as our Lord and our Savior, and we walk according to his will. It's really important that is the table that he has set before us in the presence of our enemies. This fellowship that we have with him in this amazing sacrifice and laying down his life for us, living this life that was amazing for us so that we could live a life in him and be set apart from this world also. We also have, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. This is through this process of Jesus pours out. The Bible says he became a life-giving spirit now. When he's up in heaven, he is there giving his Holy Spirit to us. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he's pouring out the anointing oil of his Holy Spirit upon our lives to give us the strength and power to walk in the, the power of his will. It says in Ephesians, and I love this verse, it says, therefore, brethren and sisters, <laughs> be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let the Holy Spirit just permeate your being and might your life just be full of his glory. Your cup runneth over. As you get into the word, you chew on it and you just are consumed with the joy and the peace and the strength of the Lord in your life. And then finally, verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know, it's just true. 
It's just the way that this is. When God is in you and around you and, and for you, and you're living a life set apart unto him, you know, things are just opening up in your behalf, but it's for his glory because you're living, you're shining a light for him. Your reflection is him. His name is on you. And so all that this has been talking about is so that we can live a life that is full of his glory. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, that word house, the abode of God, it's just that's where God in the ultimate uh, final stage of all things, we are going to be living in the abode of God, the house of God. It talks about in Revelation chapter 22, if you want to read about it, but uh, Jesus and God become the house that we live in. And it's just amazing. It's an amazing chapter. A lot of people don't realize, but it's just incredible what God has in store for us because, you know, we are all, if you think about this, we are all going to be friends for eternity. That is forever and ever. We are going to know and love and care about one another. And that's what we should be doing here on earth. We should be loving each other, caring about each other, and not concerned with anything other than the love of Christ flowing through us to one another. We love you so much. We thank God for you, and we pray for you always, and thank you for being here with us. And we'll see you on the next episode. 